Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. Coming to you today from Gadigal land, part of the Eora Nation. And I want to start with acknowledging elders past, present and emerging and pay our respects and gratitude for their care of this land for thousands of years. I'm Rhonda Brighton Hall. Great to be here. And I'm James Hancock. Great to be here with you, Rhonda. And we are the founders of Moi, or the co-founders of Moi. There's three of us, but two on the podcast. So we're going to do this podcast in the format that we think works best for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also the topics we get to talk about, because we like them short and sweet, giving people what they need to know so they're up to date, yeah. but also keeping them on the front foot so they can have a good conversation on it too. And so that format is about having two key topics that are all about work, and then someone that's just a great example of doing really fantastic work or in whatever it is they're doing. So that's all we're covering today, right? That's awesome. So topic one, people with power. Yep. Topic two, it. four day working week. Oof. Yep. Again. Love it. Yeah, again, here we are. We'll wait for it, wait for it. What's the third one? And also what can go wrong with a four day week, yeah. which we need to hear both. Yep. And the third one is that someone doing something really cool. Yeah, totally love that. We won't give the game away. We'll, should we go to one? We'll go to one. So we're going to have people with power and how they use it. And specifically, we're going to start that conversation. It's a little bit meandering this one at the moment. Yeah. We're going to start with our friend Elon. Oh, not again. It, true. What's and he's, he he's taken Twitter. Yep. And for all intents and purposes, he's running it as if he's the acting CEO. Having so, removed so, the old CEO. So he's had this, there's been a weird dynamic, right? Like people probably have been watching this, listening to this, thinking about this, but yes. it's sort of like a deal that wasn't happening, wasn't happening. Yes. Why would he want to buy it? Why wouldn't he want to buy it? Right. Is he going to run Twitter in space one day from a Tesla? Like what or that, is he going to Or that do? spaceship that went to Mars and didn't hit Mars and is still going? Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> he's, so the deal's gone through, right? He's the deal has gone Twitter. through. Now what? Well, I think the big conversation is, like any CEO, what are they going to do with the power or the owner of a business? What are they going to do with that power? And in his case, he's talked a lot and has always been a very vocal advocate for free speech and not censorship. And what does that mean? Yeah, that's such a huge topic, right? Because you get that, or I can sign up to at a conceptual level, the idea that free speech could have the power to take us forward as humanity, as now we can be on the moon. Like, I get that. Yep. But it's not coming through like that, is it? And who am I to stop you saying what you want to say or how are sure. you going to stop me? Like, it's all very, you know, it's a lovely idea that we've got to just say whatever we like. Yeah. And freedom's <laughs> cool, but where's the line between freedom and true hatred and social regression? Where are we at? I, I think that's it, isn't it? And so so when we talk about this, um, one of the facts we had um, sent to us from a part of our community, a, a really great friend of ours is... I was never said his name, but we shouldn't yeah, yeah, without his permission. But right. <laughs> um, a very, a very vocal and outstanding member of the LGBTIQ community in the yeah. US, mm-hmm. and he he sent it over to us to tell us that within one day of Elon you know, Musk being in charge of Twitter, that there had been a five hundred percent increase in the word in the N word in yes. use for some race, yeah. and also a, a dramatic increase in racial slurs. Now that means that this idea that we can all say what we feel and say what we think and freedom to do whatever we want to do. Um, it just means that that's probably going to be a problem. Now, rightly, we could say that that, that number might not be correct. Who knows? Um, it's probably a rumor. Who knows? And it would be a lot of bots and people testing the rules. Like, you know, is he really going to let me be free to say whatever I want to say, including hate speech or is it going to stop me? And so there's probably a lot in that. Yeah. But at the same time, it is this real fear of what happens when we say 
a CEO or someone with a lot of power starts telling us that they, we can behave in ways that are not okay with the rest of us. Yeah, that's a huge thing. And I think, you know, even thinking of you and I, I know you've used Twitter, you have Twitter, not, yep. you're probably thinking about it a lot less now. Yeah. And I've never had it. And this just makes me think, oh, good call. Now it's in the wrong hands. But yeah. And I'm fairly typical. I think yeah. I, I think I would describe myself as a Twitter observer. Like a casual tweeter or something <laughs> like that. I don't a know. You're definitely tweeter. not a twit. No. <laughs> I think that's okay to And say. I don't I don't really know what I'm doing with it. And I more just read things. Like, oh, that's interesting that that's trending, that particular point. I, th- I find it quite interesting. But I do find it contrary to any other social media or any other work platform we use, even the ones we use between the teams, is it's aggressively rude. Like it's yeah. it's um really nasty sometimes. And, and I'm not used to that. I think I live in a bubble of people who are quite decent to each other, who want to do the right thing. And if they're hurtful, they say sorry and... I think that's my world. And all of a sudden when I go in there, I'm like, whoa, I who said that? And because they're behind a handle or can't be seen, yeah. it becomes a really interesting way of behaving. Yeah, I think the one that summarized it for me, aside from all of the just craziness, craziness of those stats and everything else that's coming through, is someone that had a T-shirt that said, former Twitter user. I think it, that's it for me. It, <laughs> it It is really true that people are sort of going, yeah. absolutely I'm going to delete my account I don't want to be part of this you got, you got to keep in mind that there's like millions 238 million people on Twitter like that's big that's a big number it's it a big is. user base right <laughs> it's a very big it's a lot of quote unquote free speech I guess yeah and, and, and it's also hidden so you don't really know who's there but I think what it's done is it's really it's come to a sharp edge this week in the conversation because we've had a couple of other conversations happening at the same time. To your point, James, yeah. about this idea of social regression, what is what does that look like and who gets to say what's right? And and the one that we all saw which was the memorials last night was yeah. um, Cassius Turvey, the 15-year-old Western Australian who was murdered and even the Prime Minister has um, called that racially motivated, which is you know, horrendous to think that a kid going home from school in their school uniform has been murdered by someone based on the colour of their skin. And it's it, it it's beyond comprehension. Like we sort of sit there and go, that's just incredibly sad and wrong and outrageous and people are angry and you get it. And it's just, it's beyond belief for most of us. And then the other part of that is the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, which was about this, um, the situation of the Diamonds netball team, and I'm, a, as we know, a fanatical netball. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> fanatical netball fan. So to watch Gina Reinhardt's um, conversations with that team play out, and it played out on a race line that was the media around it, but the reality was the team stuck together yep. and they supported her, and I'm not surprised because netballers are like that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard netballers are the best people in the world from you a few times, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, and, and part of that was... Um, uh, Tony Armstrong, who's the sports bro- presenter, sports, yes. I was going to say broadcaster, sports presenter on the ABC, who's terrific, really yeah. great guy. Yeah. And he was so outraged by the situation with Diamonds because it was seen as he, she wasn't stepping back or wasn't distancing herself, is probably a better way to describe it, yes. from the comments of her dad from 1984. Now, even in 1984, they were terrible comments, like yeah. so bad. And I'm not going to give them any more airtime, but. The, the fact that she didn't step back from it, he then mentioned, said, look, this is not okay. Like, she can't silence people when she's not willing to do that. Now, we've had racial discrimination laws since 1975. Yeah. 
um, which was the the first of the Racial Discrimination Acts. It was upgraded with Racial Vilification. Mm -hmm. 2002, there's an awesome paper that you can find online. Happy to share the link from the Human Rights and Equal Opportunity Commission at the time that said this is what vilification, hate speech and everything looks like. So this is an old conversation. We're talking... The people who are currently talking about this probably weren't born when those laws were done. Like it's their whole lifetime has been protected by these laws and yet it came out so awfully. And part of it was um, Tony Armstrong got the most horrendous email sent to him inside his work email address, Mm. which would basically be against the law. Now that email has been handed to the police, rightly so, and now it's a conversation for them to work through and and see what, what do you do with someone who does that? Like they're breaking the law. And but it's horrendous that someone, while someone's having that freedom of speech, that someone else should be so hurt, and so it just it's just the most demeaning and horrible comments and mean. It's just awful. This is really shows awful. You, it shows you the two sort of sides of that social aggression is enabling people with hate speech to say something. Yep. Today in twenty twenty two, absolutely or not stepping in and saying something for something that's not right that happened previously, whatever the relationship of the person is to you. Yeah, and as yeah, it's just horrible. So it's, it is about this, how do we use power? How do we use that voice? If we're, if we're part of this conversation, we have to speak up. Yeah. We can't leave it to people who are getting the most horrendous emails and things sent trolling them. We all have to have a voice in the fact that as a society, we don't want to live in that. Like, it's not okay. Agree. Let's leave that point because it's really it'll sad. Be, I reckon it'll be in future podcast weeks. I just got I, a feeling I wish it wasn't, but I know that it'll be back. Yeah, I think it's true, which is incredibly sad. Um, point two. Let's go yeah. to a new one. And this is the Unilever trial of the four-day working week. It's it's the first mm. time we've had a real good-sized trial. Like, it's all over the world. But mm. 500 people here in Australia, um, and they're looking at the... 180-100 rule, yep. 100% of your pay, 80% of the work time, so the four days a week component yep. of that, yep. and then 100% productivity. So the, the theory is that people deserve the pay for the output yep. and that the I guess the input um, time can look different, Yep. Um, I guess around focus and things like that. But there's a few things in it we're considering on there. And I think what we probably should say is yep. that the intent of that the concept of like a workplace study or trial at a good scale in the Aussie context. For a reasonable time, 12 yeah. months, it's pretty good. Awesome. Yep. Then we sort of look at look through it a bit and sort of start thinking about yeah, how it might work. And, and those 500 people have very little capacity to measure productivity. Yeah, that's right. And then you've got that old psychology of if someone's watching you, you perform in a certain way, and if they stop watching, you'll perform quite differently. Absolutely. So for yeah. 12 months, or at least for the first couple of months, people will be working really hard to be very productive and very good. <laughs> yeah. I just think there's also like, it's very hard in this applied setting to control the uncontrollables. I know that sounds really basic. I was thinking about that a lot in reading it. Cause again, I think it's a fantastic concept, but I'm like, go back to all of the other workplace studies. We know, go back to Hawthorne studies. I reckon pumping the light a little brighter like we did in 1920 might make these knowledge workers work harder. <laughs> Having an open window might make them work harder. And we don't truly know because we, it's hard to isolate all those and, things. And, and so, maybe not just your quality of work, but your enjoyment of work and how yeah, you work yeah, with others and the, the opportunity to teach someone else as you're working exactly. or to learn from someone else as you're working. Yeah. Maybe doing it as fast as you possibly can is not where it's at. Maybe high performance in those jobs doesn't just look like yeah. speed, which is usually what productivity is. Yeah, it's a very complicated 
human ecosystem is work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it doesn't work for everybody. So I think yeah. we love the idea that the intent behind this is to have a really good skies, good timed trial. I agree. We note that factory workers at Unilever yeah. are excluded from the trial. Yeah, and that would be such a good case because you know that output is a key thing in production, right? Like That's exactly stop, that's period. exactly right. But yeah. they they are non-knowledge workers and they are yeah. part of the 11.5 million Australians who don't work in knowledge work yeah. where productivity is very easy to measure in those workers and as a consequence, this, yeah. these sorts of different ways of working don't tend to apply. Yeah. What we'd love to see from it is this move to trying all sorts of different trials. I mean, yeah. we've talked about it a lot, 1860 Geneva Working Men's Convention, we've come in with the eight-hour day, five-day week yeah. <laughs> And we've kept it there forever. So it's probably outdated at a time. Let's get a bit away. But what is the right way for your work, for your workplace, for the people you work with? Um, how should it be measured? How should it be put together? What is the design of that's work? Yeah. Let's get let's get a hundred studies, not one. I would like I think that's it. The call out is if you're listening to this and you can do something about it from our workplace study, I hate saying that, like it sounds so cold, like I don't know. But um, what can you actually do? What are you going to try that's different? How are you going to measure it to show the impact yeah. for your people in this setting? Do something real. Yeah. And how do you measure well-being? How do you exactly. measure productivity? How do you measure work? How do you measure connection and learning and teaching each other? There's lots of things to be measured. But yeah. more, more studies, the better. Bring it on. Yeah. Well done, Unilever, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And that brings us to point three, which is talking about someone who's doing some really inspiring stuff in their day job yes. um, that we can learn a lot from. And this week, we're going to talk about Craig Foster, who's just been announced as Australian of the Year for New South Wales, mm-hmm. uh, based on his phenomenal human rights advocacy and his championship for disadvantaged people. And there's so many examples of this. It's just, it, it is really phenomenal. But um, he'll be one of many that come from all the states around the country to to battle it out. Yeah. It'll be a friendly battle though. <laughs> a, friendly, won't it? a friendly battle of <laughs> highly inspiring. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> highly inspiring people who probably inspire each other as much as they inspire us. So um, he's a 53-year-old Lismore native, so he's a country boy, which I love. Um, and I've had the pleasure of introducing him at a conference uh, a little while ago, and he was just such a superbly inspiring speaker because he's so generous. He puts his body on the line to move human rights forwards, and it's just it's phenomenal to watch in action. Um, those of you who haven't seen his work, let give you let's give you a couple of examples because I think it's really really beautiful to learn from it. Yes. So he was influential in saving a Bahraini uh, footballer and refugee, Hakim Alariba, uh, from a Thai prison, Alaribi, I should say, from a Thai prison, where he faced extradition and likely persecution when he, if he was sent back to Bahrain, and he really called on football to step into that and live up to their promises which was incredibly impressive he helped get the afghans national women's team out um, of influence of of the taliban and also other female athletes and he was very influential in that Um, he's been very an important voice and a long time voice in getting refugees trapped in offshore detention and also onshore detention in hotels Mm. he's done a phenomenal job of, of that up to the election he's just all around a really really impressive person and i think that that brings us also to this role Mm. that that australian of the year person plays because we're he's for next year like this is the the finals coming up to it and if you think about it like obviously it's australian of the year and such great work and when you think about football like i love watching it am i a huge fan that watches every league in the world week in week out no i am not like i'll own up to that um 
but it's seen it's always touted as the world game and he is constantly thinking about the world wherever people are however what's ever going on for them how he can use his platform and his voice to bring that forward back to that first scene this is a person using their power and position for good yeah. it's incredibly inspiring yeah. and we're also watching an Australian of this year. I don't want to embarrass you, James, because I know you're a bit of a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fanboy, fangirl, fan human, and I'll own up to it. We know Dylan Alcott's right out there as well. Awesome. Um, Amazing with, impact on NDOs this this year. Huge, huge. And on the conversation around disability. Yep. And on the game of tennis, right? Like I know he's retired. That's really important and sad. Phenomenal athlete. And yeah. tell your story. Tell your story. Got, <laughs> we know you've got. I got to see him. Um, play an amazing match to win the US Open yeah. um, about a year ago, roughly. Yeah. Uh, and it was part of a Golden Slam, which I did not know what that was. That is a gold medal and all four major tournaments in the same year. And his female so um, Olympics counterpart did, plus it, did it as well, wow. which is quite incredible. I remember the photo you sent. We sort of got yeah. in here in the morning going, whoa, there's James with the one of his idols. Pretty, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I could play like Dylan. <laughs> and then the year before that was Grace Tame. And yeah. so we saw a totally different conversation that she created um, and her impact on sexual harassment and assault and a totally inspiring voice, which used to be sort of the silenced victim voice. And she yeah. stepped up and made that brave, clear, doing what needs to be done. I'm not going to take a back step. And it's incredible to see young women do that. It's incredible to see anyone do that. Yeah. But it was amazing to watch her do that. Just so inspiring. Three incredible Australians. Yeah, and let's look at the other states and see what they've got too because there'll be another bunch setting up against Craig, which is great. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that given, has given you something to think about. We look forward to seeing you next week. Big more from us. A big more from us. <laughs>